Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Oh, everyone, I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. I'm not a violent guy, but Peter Fonda ought to be taken into a dark alley and have his teeth kicked in. Plus, New York sports fans are supposed to be smart and sophisticated, but sometimes they act awfully stupid. And that goes for members of the media as well. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right, I got a lot that I want to talk about today. A lot of sports stuff. I want to talk about, you know, what's going on with Sandy Alderson. I want to talk about the Yankees, the Mets. I want to talk about the Knicks, their draft pick. But first, because this really has made my skin crawl. Really has made my skin crawl. And I'm talking about Mr. Peter Fonda. Now, folks... I do not care if you're a Republican, a Democrat, left, right, conservative, liberal. It does not matter. And I readily admit I did not vote for Donald Trump. Okay? But having said that, what this creep, Peter Fonda, did is absolutely unacceptable, inexcusable, reprehensible, you name it. It's vile and disgusting. To have the gall, the gall to tweet something and say we should rip Baron Trump from his mother's arms and put him in a cage with pedophiles. Now, folks... What world, what planet can something like that be acceptable? And the reason I'm so aggravated about it is for the following. This happened, you know, from the time I'm doing this podcast where I'm taping it today, it happened like eight days ago. You know what? It made noise the first day. It made noise the first day. And then, boom, I haven't heard a peep from it. Not a peep. And I hate to say this. And I I grew up a Democrat. I grew up a liberal. 
But this crap is turning my stomach. And I'm going to tell you what the Democrats and the liberals are doing. They're pushing people the other way. Because I have... How has every human being, every person in the media and the public not taken Peter Fonda to task? When I say he should be taken into a dark alley and have his teeth kicked in, that's flat out what I mean. Oh, excuse me, I'm emotional, so I'm going to apologize, and that makes it okay? Because that was the kind of bullshit that he tried to pass out through a rep. Oh, he, he, what I said was reprehensible. I shouldn't have said it. Oh, okay. You know why you're saying that? Because oh, you, you got some heat. That's why you're saying it. I mean, Roseanne Barr was beaten to a pulp over her comments, and deservedly so. I don't like seeing people lose jobs, but she deserved to lose her job. She effed up, and she paid the price. This bum, Fonda, Peter Fonda, should not work again as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Think about that. Anybody who's out there listening to this, anybody, if you are a parent, if you are a brother, a sister... An aunt, an uncle, grandma, grandpa, whatever. Have Baron Trump ripped from his mother's arms and put in a cage with pedophiles. That cannot be acceptable. And I'm, like I said, for one lousy day, I would not be making a big deal about this today if I heard more about it for the past week. I haven't heard anything other than that first day. That was it. I'm still hearing about Roseanne. Still hearing about that. The most disgraceful thing. That was... It was arguably one of the most heinous things. I I, I can't remember anything so vile. You're talking, and first of all, listen, it's a young kid. It, it It should not be said about anybody, anybody. But we're talking about a young kid. Who's got issues as well? Who's, if if nothing else, is on the autism spectrum. And should be ripped from his mother's arms and put in a cage with pedophiles. And don't give me any horse shit that it's just a reaction to watching the kids in cages with the immigration. Bullshit. Under no circumstance is what that kind of language acceptable. And don't give me this nonsense. Well, did this one said this and this one said that? Or did these two wrongs make a right nonsense?
I, I think it's the most disgraceful thing. And and you know what? I don't like to get into it, but man, the the liberal media really screwed this up. It, it showed. I have to say it. And I was always on their side. They're pushing me the other way. They are not doing their job. How do you not take Peter Fonda to task and beat him to a pulp? Just beat him up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the public outcry if somebody said about one of uh, uh, Obama's children, one of his two girls, can you imagine that? Think about it. Think about what would be going on if that was said. And rightfully so. But because it's Donald Trump's son, that makes it okay? No. That does not make it okay. That is, again, it's it's heinous, reprehensible, disgusting, despicable. Ugh. I, I, I do not understand. And it, it was like... It was like a one-day mention in the news. The media, the liberal media, dropped the ball on this. This stuff cannot be acceptable in any way, shape, or form. And and quite frankly, you, you know, society itself... I mean, there is nothing dirtier than politics and the media involved in the politics. Because you, you watch on Fox, you got one view. You watch uh, uh, on CNN and MSNBC, it's the other view. It's it, The whole thing is disgusting. It's You know what it is? It's all agenda news. That's all it is right now. But that cannot be acceptable to have a child ripped from his mother's arms and again put in a cage with pedophiles. How would anybody out there like that to be said about their child or their grandchild or their niece or their nephew? As I said, and I don't even like making the comparisons because, you know, well, this one said this, and why is it good for this one and not? But it's true. Roseanne's still getting beaten up over it. Still getting beaten up over it. Peter Fonda, as I said, should be taken into a dark alley and worked over. And like I said, I'm not a violent guy. But that's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And shame on the media for not taking this guy to task and beating him up. Really? A lot of people dropped the ball here.
A lot of people dropped the ball. Absolutely disgraceful and shameful. I don't care if you hate Trump, his family, the administration. I don't care how bad or mad you are. It does not make that kind of verbiage, that kind of language acceptable. Not in any way, shape, or form. Gotta stop. Like I said, man, the the ball has been dropped. And the media... The liberal media has shown its colors. I'm ashamed. And that was the side I've been on for a long, long, long time. I grew up on that side. But no, I'm sorry. And all all they're doing now... Is showing their colors. And I'll tell you what, you keep showing your colors, liberal media, you know what you're going to do? The guy, you're going to put the guy you don't want in back in again. But you all made yourselves look like silly asses. Disgraceful silly asses. I, I can't say it enough by not taking Peter Fonda to task. Was a one day. It was a one day news story. Bullshit. Simply bullshit. I'll say it for the last time. You dropped the ball. But speaking of balls, let's go now to uh, baseball. And uh, the very, very, very disturbing news this week that. Mets GM Sandy Alderson uh, is now battling cancer for a second time and um, has had to step down. He's going to be replaced, at least for the time being, by the triumvirate of John Rico, Omar Minaya, former GM with the the Mets, and uh, J.P. uh, Ricciardi. Ricciardi, however you want to pronounce it. But I'll I'll tell you, it broke my heart watching Sandy Alderson at that press conference. I mean, listen, we all know the Mets had an 11-1 start. And since that time, well, we know how awful it is. From an 11-1 start, they are now 32 and 45. Okay. 32 and 45 from an 11 and 1 start. 13 games. Oy. 13 games out of first place. But having said that, having said that, here was Alderson throughout this ugly season thus far. Don't know if it's going to get any better. But throughout this ugly season thus far, and we did not hear a peep about this cancer till he announced it, well, 
at the time you're hearing this, but you know, from the time I'm doing this uh, podcast, he announced it yesterday. We we did not hear a peep, and the recurrence came in April. He didn't hear any excuses. He didn't quit. He didn't pack it in. He's been getting treatment. He kept persevering. You know, the combination of, of, listen, he's 70 years old. You're talking about a former Marine. You're talking about a Harvard graduate. I mean, this guy is a man's man. And, and you didn't hear a peep. It broke my heart yesterday when he was saying, and then he, he, as a you talk about a man's man saying, well, I don't know if my return based on what's been done so far, it's not warranted. Think about that. How many guys would say that? How many guys would sit there and say, I don't think my return is warranted based upon what's happened so far? I don't know of anybody else who would say that. Don't know of anybody else who would say that. But you know what really turned my stomach? Some of the reaction, again, from fans and members of the media here. Now, New York fans, you know, are supposed to be very sophisticated when it comes to sports, very smart. Sometimes they act awfully, awfully stupid. No sooner was this announced yesterday, I'm seeing on Twitter, I'm seeing on Facebook, I'm getting questions, I'm reading about it. What's going to happen? Okay, well, now how, well, well, how do we get this team fixed now? And you know what? I get that. Because fans are diehards, and I get that, and I understand it. But how about a little courtesy and common decency? How about not having your head up your ass and, and, and just looking at the picture here? And you know what the picture here is? There's a man whose life is in jeopardy. There's a man who's Sandy Alderson. He and his family now are dealing with the crisis. How about backing off? For at least a little bit. 24, 48 hours. How about backing off? Let, let, let's think about this. How would you feel? How would you feel if your husband came home, your wife came home, your kid came home, your father, your mother came home? I got cancer. Oh, what are we going to do about work? Oh, how about a little respect courtesy and common decency how about backing off for a day or two and let's just let's just put our thoughts with sandy alderson really and i'm hearing things well you know no the mets got the work cut out for them because uh they got a you, you know how how does this get fixed i was reading was it christy Ackert, i think in in today's daily news or oh, the daily you know the day i'm talking about this
I'm, I'm reading her opening paragraph. You knew something had to happen. The pressure in Flushing was building for the last two months as the team kept sliding into oblivion and somebody was going to pay with their job. Oh, okay. Somebody was going to pay with their job. Just happened to be that the man was suffering from cancer and that's your opening line? Really? And listen, folks, you know me. Nobody's ever accused me of being Mr. Softy, okay? I can go at somebody's jugular just like anybody else. And you've certainly heard me here do it. I'm doing it today. But really? We're talking about a not not just we're talking about a really decent man who how quickly they forget just a few years back, had this team in the World Series. Had this team in the World Series. Yes, sir. Mets were in the World Series. Well, oh, who'd they lose to? Let me see now. They lost to the Kansas City Royals, right? Hey, I'm looking at the standings right now. You know what the Kansas City Royals are? They're in last place. American League Central with a record of 24 and 54. Making the Mets look awfully good. Nobody's killing everybody out in Kansas City because you know what? This is the Big Apple. And you know what? As I always said, New York's a great place to win and it's a god-awful place to lose. But we're talking about somebody with cancer. A very decent, good man. Could, could you back off for a little bit? Just a little, little bit. But that's how fans are. And, and, and while we're talking about fans and respect or, or disrespect, how about last week, the Knicks draft the kid from Kentucky, Kevin Knox. And we're talking about an 18-year-old kid, and I am not a Kentucky fan, okay? Because, you know, to me, there's nobody more full of it than John Calipari, you know, the father of one and done. But having said that, that's not what the issue is here. Here, here is an 18-year-old kid who was drafted by the Knicks, an 18-year-old kid, and the fans and media people Booing this kid unmercifully, unmercifully. Just the way they booed Kristaps Porzingis. And they're showing again on the media, they're showing at the draft night, that stupid little kid with his father, I guess it was, they're showing him he was the same one who was booing uh, Porzingis. But that that tune changed. It didn't take too long for that tune to change. Who who gives a shit about this kid booing Porzingis, uh, bo- booing Knox? Really? An 18-year-old kid is drafted by the Knicks, and, and then the media is upset because, well, the Knicks didn't stick with the plan. They should have drafted uh, Michael Porter Jr. Okay. They sh- should have drafted Porter Jr. Now, Porter Jr., Played a grand total of three games this past season as a freshman. Three. At back surgery. Three. 
He ended up going uh, with the at the fourteenth, pick fourteenth. Okay, I get it. At one time he was picked as maybe one and two, but that was one time. He had back surgery. He played three games as a freshman. And you're taking the Knicks to task because they didn't take this kid? What what would have happened if the Knicks had taken Porter and then his back went out? The same people who were booing Kevin Knox would have killed the Knicks for taking Michael Porter Jr. You know it and I know it. Where's the decency from fans? I got to tell you something. I I mean this sincerely. I've never booed my own team. Ever. And to me, the only time, as far as I'm concerned, you boo your own team, you boo them if a guy is a dog, if he's not trying. Or she's not trying. That's To me, that's the only time. You think a guy goes out and strikes out or makes an error on purpose? Think a guy drops the ball on purpose? Think the guy's missing the shot on purpose? When a guy goes up to try and dunk and, and, and he, he doesn't dunk it, he misfires, you think he's doing it on purpose to embarrass himself? I mean, I don't get it. And I'm seeing it. I don't know if social media has done it, but I am seeing Listen, we all have our favorites. But I am seeing more and more and more agendas in the media, both print and electronic, than ever before. I don't know if social media has done it with all the tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming and this, that, and the other thing. But it's gotten out of whack. I mean, kid Kevin Knox to me is a pretty good prospect. They're going to give him a chance to start. I I just I sat there and watched the booing, and I just I was at home shaking my head. I'm not naive. I've been in this business a long time. I've seen a lot of boos and a lot of cheers. Heard them all. But I just thought, I, I just think it's getting it's getting crazy. I, I think fans, you, you know, fan comes from fanatic. And, and I think the fanaticism is getting out of control. You know, it... it, it you always hear this. I, I've heard this. I've heard this from fans. I hear it all the time. You know, where's the loyalty? Where's the loyalty from the organization? And where's the loyalty from the players? It goes both ways, folks. What, why do you like the guy? Why do you like player A? Why do you like player B? You know why you like them? Because they help your team win. And the minute... He's losing or she's losing or or they they lost their fastball. 
Eh, let's get him out of town. Let's trade him. Let's dump him. Let's cut him. Nobody gives a shit that Sandy Alderson rebuilt the team under dire circumstances. When his hands were tied with salaries and this and that, built the, rebuilt the team under dire, dire circumstance, circumstances, had him in the World Series and the next year in the playoffs. Forget the cancer for a second, but now he's a bum. I, I, I just, it, it, the ugliness is getting uglier and uglier and uglier. And I don't, I, quite frankly, I don't see it ending in sight. I don't see an end in sight. It, it's just getting really over the top. Really over the top. Decency has gone south. I'm ashamed to say, you know, I, I've lived in this town, raised in this town. I'm Brooklyn proud, baby. But you, you know what? I'm seeing things that I don't like. It's like, if you haven't done it for me today, get your ass out of town. Common decency is, you know, taking a vacation, as far as I'm concerned. But I'll tell you what else is taking a vacation. Common sense on a ball field. Fundamentals have taken a vacation. I watched something, since we're talking about it, we're talking about the Mets here for a second. I was at a game a few weeks back. It was an afternoon game against the Orioles-Mets. And uh, Mets were losing one nothing as Drupal Carrera uh, Cabrera came up with a man on first, bottom of the eighth, nobody out. He was asked to bunt. What'd he do? I don't know. If they, he said he did it on his own. They said he did it on whatever. He was asked to bunt. He bunts. Was it whether he asked to or not? He bunts. Not only does he pop it up, he bunts into a double play. Okay? I mean, we're talking about Little League stuff here. All right, now let's fast forward to last night. Bottom of the 10th inning, 3 3 tie with the Pirates. Uh, first and second, nobody out. As Drubal Cabrera comes up again. And I like us Drubal. Good player. Smart player. Gets up to bunt. Pops it up. The catcher drops the ball. Ah, oh, a reprieve. The catcher dropped the ball. Next pitch. Cabrera squares off. Pops it up again. Fortunately, Wilma Flores saved the day on what was a dark day with the news. Certainly, forget about the seven-game losing streak, a dark, dark day with the news of Sandy Alderson. The Mets got themselves a much-needed win. Where are fundamentals? Where have they gone in baseball? I remember as a kid in the Little League, it was the basic thing to do. You know why a lot of kids learned how to bunt in the Little League? And, and anybody who's been a Little League, or maybe at least when I play, remember this, because a lot of kids couldn't hit or, or couldn't make contact with the ball. So you bunted. That was your chance to get on base. 
Crash is looking at me, my producer here, Mike Carigliano. That's what you do. You bunt. Everybody knew how to bunt. Now nobody knows how to bunt. It's ridiculous how many times you see it screwing up. I don't get it. It just leaves me scratching my head all the time. All the time. I I just really, really don't get it. And here's another thing that drives me absolutely. If I was a major league manager, okay, if, if, if I was a major league manager, flat out, I would make it mandatory in batting practice that everybody practices hitting the opposite way. Not, not everybody, my best hitters, my worst hitters, everybody, in particular, my pull hitters. You know why? With this new business of the shift or the overshift, they're giving you, they're saying, here, take it. And people just hit right into the shift. I mean, they're giving you free hits. Just make contact and you're on base. They're giving you free hits. It's common sense baseball. Nobody's doing it. Nobody. And and quite frankly, when I see somebody do it, I say to myself, they did it by accident. They didn't mean to hit that way. They did it by accident. I just do not understand. I mean, small ball is, is another thing that's gone by the wayside. Uh, I Listen, there are a lot of people who like the DH. I would prefer it the other way. I mean, I used to remember going around BP when Gooden Doc was with the Mets. And that group, Doc and Darling, Coney, these guys used to love, I used to, I got a kick out of watching them in the batting cage. They loved to get in and hit. They took pride in it. I mean, it was something to it. I just li- I, I like the fact when pitchers hit. It, it adds to, do I got to make a double switch? Do I have to do this? There's far more thinking in the game. But okay, if you got the DH, that's fine. I'll, I'll accept it. But for crying out loud, can we learn to bunt and can we learn to hit the opposite way? You guys are major leaguers. It should not be that difficult. As I said, small ball has gone by the wayside. And I'll tell you where it could be a problem. You know where it could be a problem? It could be a problem with your red-hot New York Yankees. Okay? The Yankees with that, as I'm speaking with you today, their record is 52-25. and 25. Okay, which, you know, happens to be the best record in Major League Baseball. But the reason I bring it up, it struck me. I was reading something the other day um, in the Daily News by my friend, the Hall of Fame uh, sports writer, Bill Madden. 
He had a thing on, you know, how strikeouts, it's become an epidemic in Major League Baseball. I happen to agree with him. So it struck me, and and so I went, and just because, you know, one of the teams that I watch, obviously, on a close, with a close look, are the Yankees. So I I looked on the weekend, but then I looked up last night, you know, knowing that I'm going to speak today. Let me run down some numbers for you. Aaron Judge, 105 strikeouts in 282 at-bats. Giancarlo Stanton, 106 strikeouts in 76 at-bats. Gary Sanchez, who's now on a DL, in 231 at-bats, he's got 63 strikeouts. Gleba Torres, who could be Rookie of the Year, who's just tremendous. Not good, tremendous. Kid's got 14 home runs in 197 at-bats, 38 runs batted in. He's got 53 strikeouts. D.D. Gregorius, 278 bats. He's got 43 strikeouts. Miguel Andohar, another outstanding rookie, 258 at-bats. He's got 48 strikeouts. Brett Gardner, 247 at-bats. He's got 48 strikeouts. Hicks, 214 at-bats. He's got 48 strikeouts. Yeah, they're leading everybody in home runs, but the strikeouts are getting off the charts. And here's what my concern is for the Yankees. When you get to the postseason, when you get to the postseason, and you know it, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You need your pitching. Pitching takes care of business. And a lot of times, because pitching is so good in the postseason, what do you need to do? Sometimes you need to manufacture runs. And my concern with the Yankees and and this is a fun team to watch with a great bunch of guys. I mean, it, this is a, you don't have to be a Yankee fan. I, I certainly didn't grow up a Yankee fan. This is the most likable Yankee team I can recall, certainly since I'm in the business. Just a great bunch of guys. A great mixture of guys. Listen, the core four, uh, 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 they were great as well. But I'm telling you, these kids are, maybe it's because they're all so young. They're just a great bunch. And the enthusiasm. But but they're strike, you're living by the sword, you can die by the sword. And you get to the postseason and li- listen, anything can happen. Nothing is a given. You know, but the Yankees... Unless somebody falls off the wagon, if you will, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be battling tooth and nail till the very end of the season to win the division. The other team that doesn't win the division is going to be in a one-game wild card shootout. you got to need to manufacture stuff. Now, if the Yankees should get, you know, listen. We're looking into the future a little bit. 
in, I got to believe that getting to the World Series again is going to have to go through Houston. When you play the Astros, you're going to have to manufacture some runs. And Yankees are going to have to be playing some small ball. Yankees are going to have to be playing some small ball. You know, I'm, I'm just bringing up hitting to the other side. I'm bringing up bunting. I'm bringing up all this little stuff. I'm bringing up just moving a runner over. Guys on second base, just just grounding out to the right side. The little things. It's very hard to criticize a New York Yankee squad that now has 52 wins. Very, very, very difficult. But looking at that picture, you're living in very, very dangerous territory. It's a territory that it can really come and hurt you. And I wouldn't wait till October to try and work on those things. I would try and do it now. You know... Somebody could say you could say it about the the, the lower rung teams. No, the the the, the, the top rung, rung teams like the Yankees. Go and get your situation straightened out. Go and get it worked on. Because listen, we're talking about Judge, Judge, and do you know? Okay, Sanchez. <clears throat> excuse me, Sanchez. Even with the 63 strikeouts and he's going to be on the DL for a while, he still can have 100 strikeouts. Can you imagine Judge Stanton and Sanchez? This is a good chance they're going to have 500 strikeouts between them. Three guys. Torres could strike out 100 times. Didi's got 43. Andohar could strike out 100 times. Gardner could strike out 100 times. Hicks could strike out 100 times. I mean, this is a lot of strikeouts. We're not at the halfway point of the season. Think about that. And the reason I'm pointing it out, yeah, because we all hear about 20 home runs for Judge and 19 for Stanton and 14 for Sanchez and 14 for Torres and 15 for Didi, 11 for Andujar, 11 for Hicks. That's, that's great and sexy, and it gets you all excited. But I'm telling you, you get to that postseason, baby, you're going to need to get it fixed. You're going to need to get it worked on. You know, when I talk about fundamentals, I'm not just applying it to a team like the Mets, you know, because I brought up Cabrera, you know, his failure to bunt in popping it up. Big teams have to do that too, because when you, I'm telling you, you you're going to get to the postseason. It's a broken record, but you're dealing with top-notch pitching, especially if you're going to be facing the Houston Astros. And let's be frank, you know, teams figure who they're going to have to face and who they're going to have to beat. It's the same thing. While the Yankees, you, you know, you're thinking, are they going to make a deal for uh, another frontline starter? They think about those things. Well, I'm just saying 
Think about these things that you have that you can work with. The simple fundamentals of the game. You know, it's, it's like that old old saying. How many times do you hear it when you're watching a ball game? Oh, those bases on balls. Oh, those bases on balls. Oh, that error. It always comes back to bite you on the ass. Yeah, it does. That's why you work on it now before it's too late. You know, hitting to the other side, laying down a bunt, manufacturing runs. Like I say, this Yankee team is a fun team to watch. I mean, we're talking about they have two rookies in their lineup, Torres and Andahar. You can drool. Now they got this kid pitcher who's come up, uh, Johnny Lasagna, they call him, Johnny Loisiga. Are, are you kidding me? I mean, look at the youth on this team. It, it, it takes your breath away. But it's still baseball, and there's still fundamentals of the game. You know what's sexier than a home run? A bunt single to win a game is sexier than a home run for the losing side. Okay? That's what you need to do. So all, all I'm saying here is um, it's it's a great season. Uh, it's been a great season. And uh, listen, by the time this podcast airs, the Yanks are going to be opening up um, a big weekend series with the uh, Red Sox. Let me just see a little a little of the other stuff, not just swing and a miss or swing and a home run. The game is called baseball. It's not called fences. Okay, fences was a popular, popular movie last year with uh, Denzel Washington. And b- believe me, nothing, there's nothing more thrilling than watching a guy like Judge hit one of his majestic home runs. Those four hundred and fifty foot jobs, or, or or Stanton, or Sancho, or any of the guys. But I'm telling you, you're going to get to that postseason. The name of the game changes. You got to be able to manufacture runs. And if you don't, it can come back and bite you right on the ass. But right now, that is a wrap on today. As always, I'd like to thank you fans for uh, getting a load of this. Now I'd like to, as I always say, get a load of you. Uh, let me know what you thought. You know you know where you can contact me. You can ca- contact me at, at Russ Salzburg or on Facebook. You can check out my website, russsalzburg.com. Let me know how you feel, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. As always, I want to thank my outstanding uh, man on the board here, Crash. And, of course, uh, Craig Schwab, program director here at 77 WABC. Of course, the OG Podcast Network. And for sure, for sure, for sure, you the fans. Because without you the fans out there, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next week, it is yours truly, Russ Salzberg, saying once again... Bye-bye, so long, and farewell.
whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.